Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Unstoppable Leadership with Keisha Shields. And we are going to talk about not only will she not be silenced, but how to have your voice heard. And that is such an important thing right now. Um, I would like to say that women's voices are heard without an issue, even in this day and age. But unfortunately, we know it's not. And, (laughs) And that is why we have the people speaking out like we do. That's why we have the Keishas of the world to help us find our voice. So Keisha, introduce yourself to our audience. And if you are listening to audience to replay, comment down below. We are also live streaming on YouTube and Facebook at this moment. And we would love to hear your comments because I have a feeling you're going to want to take notes. So welcome, Keisha. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Keisha Shields, and as Dawn mentioned, I am uh, the hostess of my podcast, She Will Not Be Silenced. Uh, I think the name speaks for itself. Um, <laughs> I am an executive <laughs> advisor. Uh, I work with executives and women who are moving up into leadership roles that are going to require them to have more visibility not their expertise as a worker, but the woman herself. And so many times, a lot of, even executives, even women in high profile roles, haven't always had the space and the place to learn how to own their voice, not the voice that they have had to learn to survive in the roles that they have been in. And so I work with um, advisors and leaders on the personal life stuff. Because one of the things that I have found is that a lot of time when our voices have been silenced or we don't speak up a lot, many times it has an undertone that relates to something that has nothing to do with being in the workplace or nothing to do with being in the boardroom. And so I love that I get to actually kind of dig into what's going on behind the scenes um, to uncover what's really happening here and then help them to really learn the process. Because for some people, Dawn, it's as simple as, oh, I have a voice and I'm going to use it. For others, it doesn't, it's not as organic as that. And so people really understanding that it's, there is a process, there's a method to it as well to help you do it in a way where you feel safe, uh, because that's a big one, and that you also feel like you still own your privacy. Because my clients are very big on, they want their private life to be private they don't want it blasted all over social media you know and things like that so that's what i do that is awesome and you bring up a valid point when you start talking about the personal stuff you know some people don't want their stuff everywhere and you know what that is okay because for some if you had it out everywhere and especially and i'm sure keisha you can agree with me on this that when you do have it out everywhere you do set yourself up for being um, the limelight of certain comments. And some people are just downright mean. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally just downright mean. And I call them keyboard warriors. And (laughs) they, they don't understand the impact that they have on people when they decide that they wanna, you know, put, you know, some of those hateful, really not so nice on comments and I can totally understand about wanting to keep 
that personal. However, they still need their voice heard. And to be able to walk executive leaders through that is monumental because, like I said, unfortunately, we still have to have those conversations. Even today, we mm-hmm. have to have those conversations. And I think I really, as somebody coming up in the ranks of retail, I really didn't think about me being a woman being a barrier until I was promoted to a certain position. Yeah. And then they said, well, you know, the only reason you got it is because you're a woman. And I turned around and I looked at them. I said, you really just said that to me. I got it because I'm a woman. I'm like, okay, so I'll own it. If I got it because I'm a woman, then what did you not do to get promoted? Because I turned it back around to them. Wow. I was going like, what What did you do to not get promoted? <laughs> so they had to think about that a little bit. Wow. And so did they actually have any decent answers for you? Actually, no. <laughs> they actually did not. And I'm going like, you know. I think it made people think after, you know, they said that to maybe we, maybe we really need to think before we say things, Mm -hmm. because I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, to get where I had gotten at was not easy. And it wasn't because of my gender. I can tell you that I had um, missed a ton of birthday parties. I had missed funerals. I had missed weddings. I, I had missed a lot of things to get where I was at in that company. So you still have to work hard as a woman. And I think for women, we actually have to work harder to get where we're at because of that stigma. I'm just nodding because I'm like, yeah. Go ahead, Diane. No, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, when you mentioned how uh, you know, you were told you only got that position because the promotion because you were a woman, right? Like, I love how when people get in their feelings, that's the only thing that they can fall back on, right? They have no other legitimate argument, nothing. They have to like, point at the one thing that you can't change, right? You know, as a reason why they will easily and quickly dismiss the merit of how you got there, the work ethic that got you there all of those things is just because you were a woman you know and it's i think that's one of the saddest cop-outs that so many women hear you know i mean it's laughable at this point but it keeps going and i love though that you had the wherewithal at the time to like flip it back around on them so that and that but then you got silence which i love (laughs) it was like okay dude i'm like so What'd you do? What'd you do? And what did you not do? And I think as women, as we grow and we get our voices out there and we want our voices to be heard. Um, one of the women that I'm really good friends with, and I'm really listening to how she deals with the leadership barriers. And it is because how she approaches things. And I really think for us as women that that's another stigma, because if we approach things like men do, we get called a couple of words and you know what those words are. And I'm going like, are you, are you kidding me that when we voice our opinion, we get put in this like little box to say, well, you're, you're a B word. That's mm-hmm. the most famous one. And I'm going like, 
So because we voice our opinion, which are valid opinions, our opinions are actually most of the time based on fact. I completely <laughs> I was going to say that. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going like, so I think as women of leadership and as you're growing your leadership and as you talk to these executives what is one of the things is that one of the stumbling blocks that you see for women is because of how they present things that they're told well you're presenting it in this way and it's coming across this way yeah that's a big one that's a big one that's one of that's probably one of the top ones that i deal with especially with my execs who are uh having the issue in the boardroom um right and yeah. it's like they are battling this line between being seen as too aggressive, whatever that means. You know, you have the man over here barking orders uh, and no one says a thing, but the moment you have some force and strength in what you're saying, you're too aggressive. You know, you're moving yeah. to B territory. So they're walking that line between being seen too, as too aggressive and as not being seen assertive enough. Right. And that is one of the biggest challenges. It's like trying to find that line because oftentimes they are one of uh, very few women. So most of the time, the only woman in the boardroom, especially um, in these circles. And so, uh, yeah, being seen as, wow, she's, she's aggressive. Like she, you know, like, no, no, I'm not. You know what I mean? And I love one of the things that you said that I mentioned I was going to say is that when you said, like we, when we voice our opinions, when we voice our informed opinions, because the majority of the time, the opinions are highly drenched in workable solutions and it gets ignored and it gets dismissed. And then a man will come along in so many instances, say the same thing and it's like, oh, that's the greatest thing ever, you know? Uh, and so, yeah, women, I find that my women clients especially straddle that line. Now let's be clear, this is not a gender exclusive thing. You yeah. know what I mean? It is not. However, by and large, you will see that happening mostly with women in the workplace when it comes to actually speaking up and sharing their opinions. And I talk about this sometimes. One of the because I was doing a podcast interview and she asked me, you know, why don't more women kind of speak up? You know, and this wasn't the board, but just like in a in a meeting, right? And I was like, well, because a lot of times they're thinking, I know how to solve this problem, but I'm not even going to waste my time. They're not, you know, these people are idiots. They're not going to actually do anything with the solution. So they'll just sit there and doodle in their notebooks or whatever while people are talking, you know. And it's like really a shame because you feel like they're not going to see it as a viable solution because it's coming from me. Right. Yes. Uh, and so that is a challenge that I see happening a lot of times when it comes to finally speaking up and sharing your thoughts and sharing your informed, oftentimes expertized opinions. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that is one of the things. And we actually did a little, um, I'm trying to how to word it, a little thing. We actually put pieces of paper. We didn't put nobody's name on them. And we put ideas in there. And the same person I'm talking about had the same idea, but they wouldn't listen to her. So we did it around about this way. And then they didn't know who put the idea in there. And they're just like, oh, this is such a good idea. And I'm going like that little exercise right there uh -huh. will tell you 
exactly if they are basing on what they think about somebody off based off of who they are. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, they realized that, oh, wait a minute, we have these preconceived notions or these preconceived ideas. And maybe we need to really sit down and really think about that a little bit more because of that little exercise and I thought it was funny in a way but in a way it really made me mad to a point I'm going like the same idea was brought out but you didn't pay it no attention mm-hmm. until it was on a piece of paper and nobody's mm-hmm. name was on it uh-huh. you know and I, that's actually a really interesting um, <laughs> like exchange you know to do that I mean it's sad that we live in a society where we have to do that in order yeah. for ideas to be heard um, but I love that there was literally no no one knew there was no attachment <laughs> to what was being said, you know. And and I love that. It reminds me of it's a uh, we did uh, there was like this Christmas party thing or something, you know. There was like little little games and stuff. Actually, it was a, it was a Halloween party, and um, we had like they everybody had to write like a fun fact about themselves, right? And, um, you know, it was all kind of weird stuff. And so there's this, so my fun fact was that my alter ego is a superhero, right? And we put it on the page and, you know, I'm pretty like proper, you know, whatever the case is. And so but there's this guy at our, who was at the workplace and he literally would, his, his uh, profile photo at work was him in a superhero costume, right? I'm like, now where the woman had come up here and had her, her work picture it's her in a superhero costume, okay? And so everybody just knew that it was him. And he was looking around like, I didn't write that right, you know? And it was so funny seeing people trying to figure out which man, you know, who's, you know, he, they were all looking at the men and they were like, no, I'm like, it was just funny how this natural thing, you know, it's like, we don't, <laughs> you know? And I thought that was the funniest thing. When people find out it was me, like, their mouths were like, what? Like, oh. You know, and it's just like when you talk about, like, even though that's not necessarily about leadership, but just about perspectives and how we yeah. put perceptions and perspectives on other people because they all turned to each man and was like, is that you? Is that you? No, that's you. They didn't even think about it could be a woman, you know, yeah. who had that. And so it's, it's <laughs> the fact that you have to, like, label things without names in order for there to be some validity to it is really unfortunate. It is. But in the same time, though, it actually taught me a little bit about how people think and how they see things. So when we're talking about having our voices heard, I realize that sometimes to have our voice heard, we need to be anonymous. And and in in a fact, that's a bad thing in a way. But in a way, too, it also allows people to actually really voice what their opinions are and what can actually what their solutions are and in order to move forward sometimes. And I think in order to break down that barrier, I think by doing that, we were able to break that barrier to a point because people really woke up and really understood that we're not listening, actively listening to what is actually going on. And when they were be able to actively listen, they actually ended up changing some of the ways of how they do evaluations. And that really, I think for me, 
was a win to see that because it was a woman that gave that solution mm -hmm. that said, here, this is the problems that I see. This is how this can be fixed. And because of that, because she was willing to speak up and have her voice heard and keep at it, that we were able to change the evaluation process. So that to me is a huge win when it comes to having your voice heard. Yeah, you know, and I'm gonna say this too. I am a huge proponent and, you know, it is one of, I think my, one of my missions, um, especially when it comes to working with the workplace, right? To make it so that things we don't, it should not have to be anonymous for yeah. people's voices to be heard. That is a huge yeah. problem. Yes. Like that is a huge, huge, huge problem. Right. Um, and so that's something that needs to be fixed. And there are easy solutions for that, but it's changing the culture, these corporate cultures in order to make that happen, you know, because um, like that's not OK. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a temp. It's like putting a Band-Aid right now on the problem, but that's not OK. Like That shows yeah. that there is a broken system in that organization that needs to be addressed. Yes. Exactly. And, and that's what we were talking about, because I was going to like, it's so sad to in order to do it that way, because in all honesty, at the end of the day, we are all human, no matter what gender we are, no matter what we are claiming to be. But at the end of the day, we all matter in our expertise and what we do matter. And I think when we're taking companies and getting them to understand that the voices do need to be heard, if they are willing to actually open and listen, how much their company can actually change. And even in today, right now, if you're not taking the expertise of what Keisha is offering and not listening, you're not going to survive. Yeah. I will tell you that now mm -hmm. because we will not go back to the norm. Okay. Everybody keeps saying they want to go back to the norm. There, there is going to be no normal. Okay. I hate to break it to you. Whoever is listening, there is not going to be no normal. <laughs> it is what it is. So when you are taking a company and you're continuing to grow your company and now is the best time I've heard from so many people right now that are small business owners, that this is the best year they've had. And it's because they're taking those voices that maybe weren't being heard. They're going like, okay, I am going to go out and do this on my own. And I'm going to continue to create my own economy. Mm -hmm. I am going to create my own work. I am going to. So it's all about creating and being able to listen. So what is your advice to executive leaders, especially now in the pandemic, about listening to their women leadership? Well, <laughs> a loaded question, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have an answer. My blunt answer is you're gonna you're going to get to a point where you're not going to have a choice. So it's better to do it while you still have some say so about how you make that happen, because especially women that I work with, like they're they're about to change the game, and not being heard is not going to be an option. And so if they are working at your companies, you are not going to have a choice very soon. Um, it's important that you understand that, you know, you hire people for a reason. 
Um, you have to give people, especially executive leaders, they are there for a reason. They're not there because they're a woman, okay? They are there because they were the best person for the job. Let's be clear. You know, and so you have to really see that these are the people who have the solution to the problems that you guys have been trying to navigate for so long. But because you have one collective style of perspective, you're not getting it infused with new blood, new information, new proposals, new this. And so you have to see the merit of whoever is giving the idea for what it is, you know? And so you have to just make a conscious choice to deal with your unconscious or conscious bias, you know, because we, we all have them. But once you are aware of them, it is incumbent upon you to actually shift, take classes, work with DEI people, do whatever you have to do. But the truth of the matter is you are going to come across when your women executives who are going to have, they're going to revolt because things are changing, times are changing, and they're not going to stand for it much longer. And so honestly, the best way to do it is to be proactive, to really go to them one-to-one, -one. go to them one-to-one, -one. hear their opinions, give them the permission to be as blunt with you as real with you as they possibly can and actually take notes just as you would expect them to come into the boardroom or coming to a meeting ready to take notes when you go to speak to them honor their time honor their wisdom i don't care if you are the head honcho take notes on what they're telling you yeah and that right there you hit the nail on the head is being open and being willing to take notes and being willing to listen because i'm telling you what i have met some awesome executive women leadership and i'm telling you what i i learn from them every day because they are that strong and they have a lot of expertise out there that if you if a person actually took the time to actually listen to them, I'm telling you mm -hmm. what, this world would change so quickly. I completely agree. And mm -hmm. so massively yep. that it would, it would not take long. I know that we're still entrenched in times to where we have to think about things. And yeah, some things you do have to think about. You don't want to take the bull by the horns and then just suddenly, you know, run after it. However, there are times that now is when you want to take action. Now is, you know, not the time to start, you know, thinking back down in the 1920s, 1930s, because I think for some companies, that's where they're still at. And I hate to say it, but I see it. So when you see it, you, you have to call it out. And when you call it out there, they backpedal so quickly. And I'm going like, it's not that we are bashing companies. So don't get us wrong when you're listening to this podcast. We are not bashing companies. What we're doing is we're taking one onion layer peel at a time off. And we're saying, look, these are the issues. These are what the solutions are to those issues. And you're right. You hired these people for a reason. And that's what I tell my employers wherever I work at. You hired me for a reason. You put me in this position for a reason. But now you don't want to listen to me and you get aggravated with me because I have a valid point. 
mm-hmm. and you don't want to change. And it's fine. If you don't want to change, that's fine. I will go find somewhere else because I am telling you what I see. If you're not going to change, you're not going to last. And I've been right on that three times. My lovely husband asked me, how in the world do you know these things? And it's because I listen, I watch, and I know I may not know the total outcome of a situation or anything like that, but I can see the writing on the wall. And if you don't change, this is what's going to happen. And because because they didn't listen, it happened. Mm -hmm. And that happens a lot too. And then one of the things I wanted to say also, Dawn, is that for, um, when the executive women, we do have a responsibility to require that the shift takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why for me, it's so important that executive women have a little bit of a nudge to find and speak up their voice because they are often in positions where their voice can be heard at a higher level. And we have a responsibility to shift the culture. Now, the responsibility to fix it is not on us, but we do have a responsibility to shift that we shift because, and they will eventually have to shift around it. Like we have to own that because I know when I was in uh, the C-suite, okay, I struggled as the only woman, the only black woman, but the only woman, period, I struggled with how do I shift the culture at the top? Because I saw what was happening, right? And it's like, at the time, I didn't, I hadn't owned the power of my voice and the value and the responsibility that I had until I actually decided to walk away, right? And when I walked away and I made sure that all of my staff my women staff members, my administrative staff, I made sure that all of them had new, better paying jobs elsewhere before I, I left. And because of the, there was a, a toxicity that was happening. But I look back now and I recognize that had I understood the significance of me being that catalyst that could have shifted that dynamic. Now that would have meant me having to have the cojones to go toe to toe, right? But Keisha now has no problem doing that. But back then, I didn't have the tools to do it in a way that felt safe for me. And so we cannot, you know, I don't like to say the companies because companies are run by people. Yeah. Like the people who have the capabilities to change need to be called in and those changes need to be able to come forth. But for women who are at a level where they have say so, it is incumbent upon us to be able to do it. And that's why I always tell women, if you don't have the tools, let's work together because there are tools, there are ways to do it. And it's important because a lot of times when we get silenced in those roles, we don't speak up, we don't find our voice. Not only do we become miserable, but we often unintentionally allow the toxic cultures to continue to permeate throughout. And that's something that has to shift. And so I encourage leaders all the time. I don't want to, I don't want to hear that they won't change. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that they won't change. Mm-hmm. If you understand what I mean by that, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. And mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and that is because if you hear that, and to me, it's a cop out. It's literally a cop out because we're telling you, we're saying, oh, they're not going to change. It doesn't matter. I no, don't feed me that line of bullshit. <laughs> don't feed me that because guess what? You can and you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what exactly? If they choose to not change, that's on them. Yeah. Your significance in that equation, though, is what I'm focused on. Right. And I remember when I had walked out of my corporate role and um, I had got asked recently when I was was actually doing a YouTube video about this and I had got asked the question uh, if I could go back then and redo like leaving the C-suite, would I still have walked away? And my answer was no, not at first. I would not have because I would have stayed and made sure that they heard me. I would have made sure that my ideas and perspectives, and this is not about bulldozing the conversation. This is about when they ask, what can we do about this problem? I would have ensured that I had spoken up about what I thought and I would be able to have been able to back it up as opposed to cowering in silence because I didn't want to be the dissenting voice. I didn't want the problems. I didn't want, you know, all of these things. And so even though they were not willing to change enough for me, I made the shift that I needed to make. And that's why I say, I don't want to hear they won't change because if they don't, then that's okay. But what does it have to do with you? Yeah, exactly. It comes to a point where you have to draw the line in the sand. What does that have to do with you? And no matter where you decide to work, whether it's in your own enterprise or whether it's for somebody else's business, you still are going to come upon a time as a leader, whether you are an executive or not, as a leader where you are going to need to speak up. Yes. It's going to happen no matter what. So getting the tools sooner rather than later, and you can do it with finesse and swag, and it doesn't have to be this stressed out thing. Like, look how relaxed I am, right? I can bring the same relaxed style into a corporate setting and be heard now, right? Now they want to hear what I have to say. They may not like it, but they want to hear, partially because they know I'm going to say it anyways at this point, (laughs) but that's night and day from where I used to be. And I just want to tell people the power that happens when you come from being too afraid to speak up, which I was back then. I wouldn't say much, right? To now, like, look, this is, we're just going to deal with the facts. You know what I mean? You like facts, let's look at the facts. The facts are this, right? And when you do it and you have the confidence in what you're saying, they may not like it. They may not respond, but they hear you. Now they hear you. And there is a different power that comes when you have the inner confidence, the inner belief in yourself that you're what you say has extreme value, extreme relevance, extreme worth, and you walk in and your issue now is not whether or not they're going to take your advice. It's letting them know that you're here to say, you hear, you have something to say, you bring value, you will be heard. And that power alone starts to shift the dynamic without you forcing it to do so. 
And there's a big difference in myself and my confidence in myself and what I do. The more I learned how to speak up for myself, um, how to not let stereotypes and stigmas be the thing that kept me from speaking up. Um, and so, you know, you can do it. And that's a really important thing is, is do it in a way that protects your livelihood, that protects what you're working for, that keeps you safe, but know the power that just you, one person shifting can change an entire culture and trajectory for a ton of other employees, contractors, vendors, and whomever else, you know? And so it comes to a point where you have to decide whether or not you're willing to be that catalyst, you know, because they're not always going to like you, especially being a woman who has something to say, you know, oh, you have yeah. to be willing, right, to not be liked, but be heard and respected. And they will, they, they will get to a point when you're speaking where they will, they will have to respect you, whether they exactly. like you or not. <laughs> exactly. And I think for all of my women out there that are listening, especially if you are near and, de near and dear to me personally, I hope you are really listening to this podcast. I hope you're really taking notes because ladies, you can do it. And I always ask one question as we wrap up. Okay. So for you, I wanted to ask, what was your number one breakthrough for finding your voice? When I walked out of corporate, when I walked out of my C-suite role, um, because I was in the C-suite in my 20s, and learning... When I say the hard knocks, right? <laughs> you know, first of all, you're coming into your own in your 20s. You don't know anything. You think you know it all. And you don't. <laughs> yeah, you don't know anything. Um, but for me, it was uh, one day when I uh, really woke up and I told my husband that I, I feel embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm going to say it anyways, that I feel like a battered wife at work. Mm. That was a moment of breakthrough for me. And it was when I knew that my time had come to make my exit because I was being, I felt like I was being manipulated by not speaking up because I was letting things go by that should not have been. Um, there was a lot of things like that, but I said, I feel like a battered wife at work. I feel like I've kind of been intimidated into silence. Um, and that was a huge breakthrough moment for myself. And, you know, that's kind of been the trajectory that I've been on. And so like, which is why it's so near and dear to me, right? Because I literally said the words, I feel like I've been manipulated into silence. And so the impact that that has, because people look at me now, they're like, not you, no way. I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, you yeah. see this now, though, because of that moment. And I was like, this is not okay because I felt like a shell of who I was. And, you know, so that moment set off a whole lot for me. That next morning, I couldn't get out of bed. I was in the uh, fetal position in a ball in my bed. Uh, I did because I didn't, I didn't want to go in anymore. Uh, and I knew that that was a problem. But that's a problem in the C suite. That's a problem, right? Like that's an employee thing, right? Oh, I don't want to go to work. Like, and I'm like, that's a problem. So that was a breakthrough moment for myself. That was the absolute game changer in my life. 
man, that just brings back <laughs> things. When you started talking about that, I'm going like, yeah, uh-huh. been there, mm-hmm. done that, and that. Yeah. And it changes. It literally does change you when you figure that out and you're going like, you know what? I'm not putting up with this anymore. I'm not, I'm not doing it mm-hmm. and I, I'm done and I'm done being stepped on. I'm done being made feel like that. And that's powerful words. When you put that, that you felt like that you were a better wife at work. That is powerful, powerful words right there. And, and very unfortunate. Extremely. And nobody should ever be made to feel that way ever. And I am so glad that you got out of that situation. And I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing because women need to hear it. (laughs) Men need to hear it. Yes, and, I agree. Like and, say, I did it, I did it. <laughs> exactly, because I'd be going like, yeah, no, no, nope. Yeah, And I think that's why people don't want to hear me too as well, because I'm that strong voice. I used to did not be. I was that same person, you know, I'd be going like, yeah, whatever. I'll just, you know, walk away and let them do their thing and to be able to now speak up even even when your voice shakes as i like to hear from a gentleman that i listen to even when your voice shakes you speak up no matter how hard it is speak up say something because you're going to find that breakthrough like Keisha did like i did you'll find that breakthrough and you'll realize that you're not going to take it anymore because mm-hmm. it's not worth it it's not worth your sanity it's not worth your life yeah I agree. So, so everyone, thank you, Keisha, for being on here. This has been freaking amazing. Thank you for having me, Dawn. And like I always like to say, whether you believe it or not, you are unstoppable. You are the beacon of hope. Everyone have a blessed Sunday. Keep going. Keep yeah. rocking. Keisha, this has been awesome. I thank appreciate you. it. Take care, everyone. Bye.